station, but we're here for a real education. Welcome to A Real Education. I'm your host, Tim Wick. I'm joined by my co-host, Melissa Kersher. Hey. And <laughs> our our guinea pig, Jenny. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> Jenna's job is to not know anything about the movies that we're watching until we watch them. Isn't that I'm right, Jenna? so good at it. You have no idea. <laughs> uh, we're going to show them how good you are by oh. talking about the movie that we are about to watch. The movie we are about to watch is Lawrence of Arabia. Yes. 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 <laughs> one, of my, one of my and Melissa's personal favorites, yes. I would have to say. Excellent, yeah. excellent film. We would like to know how much you know about Lawrence of Arabia. <laughs> um, I'm going to say it probably has something to do with Arabia. Okay. Someone named Lawrence. Okay. Uh, I, I know it's a true story. Okay. And I want to say Camels and Swords. Camels and Swords. Ooh. Hmm. Yes. Now, can I ask if that was a guess? Um, it's what comes into my brain when I think of the name. Okay. <laughs> so. Okay, so, so kind of a guess. Kind of a guess. I also know it's really, really long. <laughs> um, it's so long, in fact, this is going to be a three-part podcast, because we're going to watch the first half of the movie, and then there is actually a literal intermission in the film. <laughs> That nice. we will, during the intermission, we'll record to get uh, your, your impressions of the first half of the movie before nice. we then watch the second half of the movie, which is all totaled about four hours long. Okay. But it's four right. hours of awesome. All right. Do you have anything you want to say about the movie before we start watching it, Melissa? Oh, uh, hmm. No, no. I think no. I think we'll. Okay. We're just gonna let this. we're just gonna let well, the movie wash over yes, her. Yes, I think I brought, so. I brought a two liter of Dr. Pepper, so I feel like I'm prepared. Hey, you're prepared to pee halfway through the first half. <laughs> um, of the I have movie. a really strong bladder. All right. Okay. Yeah. Well, this movie, for reasons that will become apparent, will make you thirsty. It will. <laughs> <laughs> Has camels. Camels drink camels a lot of water. Drink a lot right? of water, but mm -hmm. not much else in this film drinks a lot of water. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it's a it's an excellent film. This is not the ideal way to watch it. I will say that right oh. off the bat. The be ideal way, way to watch it is projected in seventy millimeter on a wide screen theater okay. screen. Yeah. But this is about as good as we can do. This is about yeah, as good as we can do. This is pretty decent. You we know. got a big screen TV, and and we'll turn off the lights, and it, it'll 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 go okay. So we'll be back at the intermission. So if you're listening to this podcast and you want to do it right, what you should be doing right now is watching the first half of Lawrence of Arabia, mm -hmm. and then then we'll get back together in a couple of minutes here, or a, a couple, couple of minutes hours. to you through the magic of radio. <laughs> All right, we're back for a uh, brief chat. Now it is the intermission of Yay. Lawrence of Arabia. I know this music note for note, but yeah. I want to learn it on violin. It's so good. It's, it's, it, if yeah. you, I, I, I have a very nice reconstruction of the full score. If, if you're interested, <gasps> oh, I yeah. might be interested yeah. in that. The score is pretty mm -hmm. stunning. Yeah, it's it amazing oh. stuff. Oh. Maurice Jarre, I think, is how you pronounce his name. Uh, Really great composer of huge score. Want to be fancy? It's Jare. 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 So, so two uh, hours and twenty minutes in the movie. How are you liking it? I like it. 
There you go. I well, kind of want to hit the British, but you know, whatever. Well, you want to hit yeah. the British? Yeah. Yes. The the British that aren't Lawrence. Well, yeah. No. Yeah. Well, Lawrence isn't really. He's of Arabia. He's not British. <laughs> <laughs> he's gone. He's naked. writing his own story. He's he's he, it's not written for Lawrence. <laughs> it's not written oh. for Lawrence. He's gone native. <laughs> <laughs> he's gone balmy. <laughs> It's 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 remarkable to me how David Lean will take um, will take time to establish something that that I think modern film goer filmmakers won't won't do anymore. You know the idea of crossing the desert and how much time it takes to get there, and they actually take you know like a half hour of screen time to cross the desert. And I think these days you'd take five minutes to cross the desert, and you'd show a couple of scenes of how horrifyingly bad it was and you'd that. probably kill off some minor character just so somebody dies so you know this can kill somebody mm-hmm. and then then it's done and, and and we're on to the next thing but well well i think what he what david lean is actually doing is he he's using the desert as a character itself and mm-hmm. that's all of that stuff is character development for the desert yeah yeah, yeah. i mean no that makes sense yeah and and there are just these huge hallucinogenic sequences that are just staring at the desert. Yeah. And there there's nothing like watching this movie in a theater. Just you know, on full seventy oh, millimeter because it, there there are so many shots where it's just this huge shot, you know, mountains and cliffs in the background and this huge basin of sand and there's these little tiny dots that you know are camels. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. There's actually um, a shot where they look out over the desert, and and the one character says to Lawrence that there there's Bedouins down there, and they show you a shot of the desert, and in 70 millimeter, mm-hmm. you can see the Bedouins. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then Lawrence holds up a uh, holds up binoculars, mm-hmm. and they give you a closer shot, and you can see him. But in the 70 millimeter, I remember you look down there. Oh yeah, yeah. They're, oh, look at those tiny little Oh, yeah. there they are. And then they give you a little bit of a close up in case you weren't paying attention, but. But um, I couldn't see him in that shot. Like he was like, there, there they are, and I'm like, oh yeah. And, and, and for <laughs> for the people listening on the radio, I mean, we're we're watching this on a big TV. This it's is a what good a, size screen. Yeah, it's a fifty, sixty some odd inch. I can't say mine's sixty five. Sixty five. Sixty five inch TV on coming off of Blu-ray, so a high mm-hmm. definition, and it's still just. Yeah. And then there are these shots of of characters emerging from the desert where he just holds the shot and you're looking at something and don't want know what you're looking at and slowly they emerge out of the out of the heat. Yeah. And and the again there's there's an amazing amount of patience he demands of the movie watcher, but it builds a considerable amount of tension. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. As you as you're just staring at the at the horizon, hoping somebody appears or watching somebody appear. We're waiting for the sun to rise when he first yeah. blows out that yeah. match. And you just go to that gradient, and I'm like, uh, okay, uh, okay, okay. And then you just get that tiny little speck of a sun, and you're like, oh, okay, oh, we're going to actually watch the sunrise. <laughs> like, this isn't like two seconds of, boop, there it is. Mm. No, we're going to watch it happen. Yeah. 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 And that, oh, that's one of the greatest cuts in film, <laughs> film history there, where you oh. cut from from Lawrence holding the match, and then you cut to the sunrise, and yeah. he talks about how it's going to be fun, and then they're like, hey, check out the desert. This guy's nuts. Yes. 
<laughs> well, and I, I, I love how the establishment of the desert as a character and, and taking so much time just kind of crafting oh, yeah. this environment. Once he goes back to Cairo and starts talking to the generals again, you know, right before the intermission, it feels really jarring. Yeah, it, you, totally. It feels absolutely alien. Yeah, it, the desert suddenly feels natural. The desert feels yeah. like like w- the right place to be, mm-hmm. like natural. So we're gonna go back and watch the rest of the movie now. Yay! Yay! Movie and, time. And we'll see how it turns out. We'll let everybody know in a little bit. He dies at the end. He died at the beginning. He died at oh, the beginning. Wow. Spoiler! Yeah. Oh. First scene, man. Oh. See where it's gonna end up. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Pan's Labyrinth all over again. <laughs> I didn't see that. I wouldn't know. Ooh, add that to the list. Back back to Lawrence of Arabia. (laughs) And we're back. We have finished the movie, which we advertised as four hours long. It was a lie. It is actually only about three hours and four. Five minutes How long. could you guys lie to me like that? I know you didn't actually. You you I saved. I didn't even finish well, my two liters. You, you were got, rationing your soda for right? a full four-hour movie. Fifteen minutes left of soda. That's right. And yeah. that's that's yeah. Yeah. You lied to me. Sorry. All right. What are your I'll thoughts, have... Jenna? Having <laughs> watched Lawrence of Arabia. Well, it's long. Yes. Um, it's gorgeous. Yes. Oh, everything is pretty. Um, I think. Even even the, the, the hospital at the end with all the dying Turks God. is pretty. Mm-hmm. It yeah. really is. Like, it's horrifying, but it's pretty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, the, the, like, all the post-intermission stuff is politics and horror, and, and it's and, still oh, pretty. It's, <laughs> and it's still pretty. And just the way that pictures are laid out and everything, I'm just like, oh, God, you really... And the pacing. The pacing got me, because you go through all of those really long, patient desert scenes... And every time you're talking the politics and the British, it's bam, 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 bam. And then you go back to the Arab world and everything's all long and pretty. And then everything, Mm -hmm. like, uh, the the pacing itself really just kind of set up these two worlds. Um, I think the first time it really sunk in that uh, the... um, British European were trying to like actually uh, kilts the bagpipes. Yeah. Yeah, there's a point where they're showing the the, the column marching and there's actually yeah. actually soldiers in kilts marching to in bagpipes. Kilts marching to bagpipes. And it was the juxtaposition of that because we've had these two worlds set up. Mm-hmm. But the the British world was set up in in like this this Arabian British world, mm-hmm. and then you've got you know, and all of this Arabian music and everything else, and then you've got the bagpipes, and I'm like, oh oh no, it's not the Arabian, it's the British British that, oh okay, mm-hmm. that's what's going on. Like there, that was really well done, in mm-hmm. in my ever so humble opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I I'm 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 a very uh, I I hear things. I'm I'm very audio. 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 Both are words, but but like, um, uh, but like when I when I hear things, and soundtrack always plays a really big part with Mm -hmm. me. So like when when I heard that music, I was like, oh oh, I'm hearing this other world now, and not just seeing it. It was fantastic. I liked it. It's uh, 
it, it is an interesting movie because it's about this guy who kind of straddles both worlds but doesn't belong in either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, wants desperately to belong in one or the other, and whenever he gets, he gets like to the point where he realizes he doesn't belong in one, he goes back to the other. Just long enough to realize he doesn't belong, he doesn't belong in, that in that one either. Yeah, yeah. You know, Lawrence Lawrence is a is a fairly tragic figure in that sense. Oh yeah, the oh. the whole final third of the movie is kind of the crumbling of oh yeah everything he is. Well, and everything well, that he tried to build. Yeah, like he he tried to be like, all right, well then I'm just going to build a world for myself. Mm-hmm. And that moment where he just loses everything that he tried to build for himself. He didn't just lose it for Arabia. He lost it for him, like like his own home. And that's why I think that ending line, you know, you're on your way home, and he's like, oh, no, he didn't. He doesn't have one anymore because yeah. just everything mm-hmm. he tried to build for that home is gone. Oh, and when he stands up in the in the car in the jeep in the end, you know, looking at the the, yeah. the passing. Men on the camels, hoping yeah. that that somebody he knows, hoping it's somebody he knows, mm-hmm. and and it isn't, and that oh well, yeah, there's there's, it's a it's a depressing movie, really. <laughs> oh, it <laughs> is. Oh, God, it is. <laughs> like, it's, you it's see the you see the guy die at the end at the beginning of the film, and you're and you're like, and then you watch this entire movie, and you're watching his soul just get crushed. Mm-hmm. By the time by the time he gets on that motorcycle, it's like there's there's nothing left of the man. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's interesting to me how, I mean, this this movie is very clearly, you know, the Lawrence show, but <laughs> it's a huge ensemble cast, and all these characters are really well-developed and oh, really yeah. interesting. Like Prince Faisal. How much do you want Prince Faisal to follow you around and dispense wisdom at you? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Holy crap. Yeah, but you, I mean, you, you can tell you know he's he's playing politics. He's, he's not shifty. entirely he's on shifty. your side. I mean, he's uh, shifty. Or the, you know, the Anthony most or, honest one is yeah. it, in the whole film is probably not Omar Sharif. Uh, uh, Anthony Quinn's character, whose name I, I can never remember. Oh yeah, um, Abdul Ali. Yeah. No, Sheriff Ali is is is. I, I could look it up, but you know, it's Ali. Yeah. Anyway, because because yeah. his character, Anthony Quinn's character, is just you know. He is who he is. Yeah. He's a greedy slob. And, and when that guy gets what he wants, he goes home. And when you get what you want, you're going to go home. <laughs> yeah. He's just... Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 he has uh, a certain nobility to that. As he Jenna has. will remember from our first film, which uh, was Casablanca, which also had Claude Rains in it. This mm-hmm. is Claude Rains near the end of his career. I don't think... I think it's close to his last film. He didn't... Yeah. He passed away not too long after making this movie, but... The, the, the Claude Rains rule that I always state is there's no movie that features Claude, Claude Rains that could not be made better by the addition of more Claude Rains. Um, <laughs> because, because Claude Rains is just that awesome. And even yeah. in this movie, in his, oh, in his yeah. silent, just sort of sitting there watching yes. and in his own way controlling everything about the situation yep. without saying hardly a word. Mm-hmm. There's, there's never a moment where you think... Anything that happens isn't exactly what Claude Rains wants to happen. He controls the room with his eyebrows. Yeah. It's astounding. <laughs> he does have amazing, powerful yes, eyebrows. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> yes. They say something, they look over at him, they can tell whether or not he's pleased or displeased, and then the conversation shifts. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. just... 
it's oh. uh, a remarkably well put together cast. It's an amazing cast. Everybody's great. Yeah. One thing about this movie, we've talked about the Hayes Code before, but it, but you know one of the taboos that was very late, the, mm-hmm. kind of the last taboo mm-hmm. for the Hayes Code was homosexuality, and there is so much gay oh subtext in yes. this film. Oh, it, it, there. At the very least, there's bromance everywhere. Very <laughs> bromance. Oh God, yeah. Oh, Omar Sharif was laying <laughs> the eyes on Lawrence. But the scene, well, in, the, the scene in the oh, I mean, then, oh fuck mm. yeah, well, they were oh. both pretty. But yeah, I mean the mascara didn't hurt anybody. Well, you know, <laughs> the scene in the Turkish prison, oh. prison though, yeah. with, the, with the general that's that's uh, interrogating oh. him. Yeah. Well, I shouldn't well, say, say interrogating. I would say hitting on yeah. him. And it's not even subtle. Yeah, that one's it not really even isn't. subtle. That nope. that's very clearly the general hitting on him and him being interested, but because it's a Hayes Code film, he has to not be interested. Mm-hmm. So yeah. he, it, but it, it's all over. I mean, there is there is some question as to whether or not he, the real T. E. Lawrence was was gay or not. But there's yeah. certainly a large body of evidence that would suggest that he certainly well he dabbled he, in it, dabbled in it. <laughs> well, well I, I, there it's really foggy i mean some other people were speculating he was just kind of asexual he wasn't interested yeah. in women you know but he 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 seemed to be he did very clearly write some things where he was like okay with man-on-man relationships not necessarily that yeah. he engaged in them but, you okay. know, he spent so much time in the military, you know, he probably saw some of that stuff. Going he, was like, right. he, was he was a masochist. He was a masochist. So, um, yeah. but, you know, that's different than being gay or not gay. But Yeah, that's, sure. a, that's a different... Yeah. I, th- I think at the time the film was made, the prevailing opinion was that he was, he was a homosexual. Yeah. And so they, they portray it in the movie without ever betraying it yeah. in the movie. Yeah. Um, well, I, I love how Peter O'Toole, I mean... Gay, not gay, that doesn't really read into this, but I, I love how Peter O'Toole just kind of uses all this as part of an arsenal to make him feel alien. There, yeah. there are so many points in the film where it just looks like he's not comfortable in his own skin. Yeah. Like, I don't know where to hold my shoulders or. Yeah. You know, how do I play this? Like, you know, acting as Lawrence, you know, Lawrence going. I don't know how to carry myself in this society anymore. Sure. Yeah. It's 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 strangely awkward. He's always really <laughs> strangely awkward. Yeah. Which is which is kind of amazing given how he's able to appeal to so many people. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, he does have that charm, like right off the bat in that oh, first yeah. uh, mapping scene mm-hmm. when he's doing the flame thing, and and he's he's very charming in that, and the entire way through he's charming, but he's always not with everybody else. Mm-hmm. Even in that first map scene where it's the two guys and they're just like, that's not what real people do. And he's like, yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, just hanging out, making maps. You know, yeah. Doing some cartography in our spirit. Because mm. what the heck? But know, why, not? why not? He doesn't yeah. seem to have anything else to do. Well, it, it, it's also so interesting. He's a very forceful character and yet so soft-spoken. Mm. Yeah, throughout the, pretty much the entire movie. Very yeah. soft-spoken yeah. character. You know, I think we were talking about this. Uh, we weren't talking about it when we were recording, but I think it's important to note, you know, that this film was nearly lost. 
Yeah. We we nearly did not have this movie to watch at all. Yeah. Which oh my god. Yeah, they basically they started restoring it. Uh, Richard Harris and his team of awesome film historian restorers started restoring this film in the mid 1980s and I remember reading an article where they were talking about it and they said if we had started six months later we would not have been able to restore the film because it was in that bad a condition they were literally running it through the machines and actually holding their their fingers on the tape to manually put pressure on it so it would run at the right speed oh wow yeah and they're they were also restoring uh, certain scenes that had been cut out at, at certain points of the okay. film's run. And there were scenes that they brought back in that no longer had a soundtrack at all. So they were going back to uh, the music notes and the, the script oh, and wow. trying to figure out what the dialogue was. They brought the original actors back in and had them redub their lines where they didn't know what lines they were saying. They brought lip readers in to figure out what the lines were. And the, the restoration is really seamless. The only part where I can really tell that something was done with it is that first scene right after the intermission where Prince Faisal is talking to the reporter. And you can hear some really kind of strange ADR things going on. Like from line to line, it sounds like it wasn't made on the same recording track. Mm. But that's the only place I... And I know it's... I think I notice it because I know it's because there. Because you know it's there, yeah. Because sure. I didn't notice it yeah. all. Yeah, it's... I didn't know I was supposed to look for it. Ah, yeah. darn it. <laughs> it's kind of amazing. Yeah. I, I, when, when you think about the history of film, it, it's only a relatively recent thing that anybody thought to preserve these movies, that anybody thought about the fact that somebody might want to see sure. something that was produced in the 1960s sometime after the 1960s. And so mm-hmm. these negatives were in vaults and people really didn't care anything about it. And it was the, the home video revolution i think that made made them realize that there was a market and i mean it's always about a market right it's always about you know can we get people to pay for this movie again oh oh people are willing to pay for lawrence of arabia well now we we can actually have people fighting to preserve it um you know it's it's like thinking about thinking back to the early early doctor who episodes why are they gone because nobody thought anybody would want to see them again so they just taped over them yeah because that's what you do that's well, you, you got to save money on the tape. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because nobody's ever going to want to see him again. It it didn't occur to them that there was a there was going. There was never a point where somebody said someday there might be a market for this. Yeah. Yeah. Because they didn't. Well, it, it just didn't occur to them, and it's how the could same. you how could you foresee that? I mean, how could you foresee the? You know, you're able to take home a movie by yourself and watch it on your own screen at home. Sure. Right. Really. And even a movie as great as Lawrence of Arabia, well, how many times are you going to put put that into a revival theater? And as revival theaters started to really become less and less vogue, Mm -hmm. um, it it became less and less important to maintain those old films. Well, I mean, additionally, you know, specifically with Lawrence of Arabia, it's in 70 millimeter format. Mm-hmm. Not all theaters are equipped for 70 millimeter. It's a sure. very expensive format to run. Yeah, and oh my God, if you ever, seriously, ever yeah. have an opportunity to see Lawrence of Arabia in 70 millimeter, it's you experience. have to take it. It's it's one of those movies that you can you can watch it on the small screen and the transformation watching it go onto 
be projected in 70 millimeters. Just stunning. Mm-hmm. Um, you almost understand the film on a different level. Oh, it's absolutely true. Um, I got to read a quote. This is from Omar Sharif about the film. Um, it says, if you're a man with the money and somebody comes to you and says he wants to make a film that's four hours long with no stars and no women and no love story and not much action either and he wants to spend a huge amount of money to go filming in the desert, what would you say? <laughs> Just the idea that the fact this movie even got made is, is <laughs> akin to a miracle. that oh, yeah. Somebody could sell this idea. Oh, by the way, I'm going to do this movie. The lead is going to be the guy, this guy, nobody has ever heard of. This is Peter O'Toole's first film. Yeah. It says right in the credits, introducing Peter O'Toole, his yep. first film. Wow, yep. Um, and he... And he was a star ever since. Oh, <laughs> he just knocks it yeah. out of the park. Amazing yeah. work. It's the most amazing thing in the world to look at that performance and go, that performance did not win an Oscar. <sighs> wow. Yeah. Well, you know why. It was up against Atticus Finch and To Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah. It's like the one performance in the history of film that could beat Peter O'Toole in Lawrence <laughs> of Arabia, and it happens in the same year. Yeah. It's the worst possible timing. <laughs> Why didn't he do To Kill a Mockingbird uh, one year earlier or later? So unfair. Uh, but, but yeah, to think that... You know, and it's, and it, it's, it's a film featuring a lot of non-white people. Uh-huh. And... It's it's a very strange movie for its time period. That was the thing I was going to bring up at the intermission and didn't because Spacey uh, guns. Mm-hmm. The the play on the the weaponry and the importance of the weaponry in the mm-hmm. movie. It's in the story. Um, there's there's one time in the first part where uh, Lawrence just tossed a gun out. Yeah, after, like, he, after he shoots after he, yeah, uh, the man who came the out guy. of the desert. And he just yeah. tosses the gun away, and, like, everybody goes for it. Yes. Just that moment, like, foreshadowing. The, 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 well, building that world, the, mm, that, it was fantastic. And uh, well, well, you see it at other points in the movie, too. You do, you but know. I think that was the first one that really, really oh, grabbed yeah. me. Yeah. Like, okay, the, the importance of the gun with his first tour guy. Um, when he offers him a gun. Yes. He's like, later. He's like, no, take it now. Huge And and you can see the value that that Mm, other person places in that weapon. Yeah. And there's constant discussion in the movie about artillery and how artillery is the game changer for the Arabs and the Mm -hmm. British are not willing to give them artillery. Mm -hmm. Yep. And it's a means of retaining a certain level of control over the Arabs by preventing them from having the one piece of equipment that would really be useful. Mm -hmm. Well, it's the one thing that would actually give them freedom. Uh Right. And and they say it right there before the intermission, like, no, because then they can be their own people. Like, there's... It's it's a war going on in this land uh, for people that are not of that at all. They're just like, nope, we're st- we're doing this for you, but we're not really. We're doing it for us. Yeah. Sure. And it's the, the the way that all of that plays is they just carry that through very very well. Mm-hmm. Without just smacking you over the head with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Lawrence becomes this character who's trying to do something for the right reasons, mm-hmm. but constantly recognizing that he's advancing the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. But there there even comes a point where, you know, he's try he he tries to put the Arabs in charge in Damascus and they 
They blow it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they blow it because the English very carefully set it up for them to fail. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's that's all part of that thing of Lawrence not really fitting into either world. In mm-hmm. that he can't help the Arabs create their own state. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he inadvertently helps the English do exactly what they want. Um, and so, again, he becomes that tragic figure in that he doesn't so much betray his friends as fail them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but he, he, he never could have succeeded. No. It's the, 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 the power. Like, it, and you see it the entire way through, again. Just the, the play of power and the... Who's got the conch? Who's, who's you know, well, it, it, who's it, got it's, it? It's everybody thirsting for power and, mm-hmm. and, and, and trying it, to figure out who to work with in order to get that power. Yeah, well, and, and Lawrence himself recognizes the challenge in, in the beginning of the film. And he says, you know, as long as you continue to fight amongst yourselves, you're going to be a little people. Yeah. And, and it, it, he's absolutely accurate in that if the Arabs ever managed to work together to put aside their petty differences, mm-hmm. they could be powerful. Mm-hmm. But they are not capable of doing that. Um, nor does he give them the tools to do that. Sure. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he is capable of recognizing their failures, but he's not capable of fixing them. Right. He, he tries yeah. to replace uniting them with creating kind of a cult of personality around himself and leading them. Sure. So And that only works until until he he is proven to be fallible. Yeah. Um but anyway, it's a I don't know, I just I love the movie. It's one of those movies mm-hmm. that it took me a long time to watch it the first time because you kind of got to say to yourself, this is a 4-hour movie. Uh, three hours and forty five. Three hours and forty five. <laughs> it, it's a pretty major time commitment. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a pretty ma- and 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 when you finally commit yourself to sit down and watch it, I, I found that I was like, why did I wait so long to watch this movie? <laughs> um, because it just is one of those films that, you know, fifty years from now, people will still be talking about Lawrence of Arabia and how extraordinary it is. Sure. There, yeah. there's not a single misstep in the film. There's there nothing really I can look at it and go. It would be better without that scene. Or it would have been they, better you know, if they cast another actor in no. this role. No. <laughs> and there's yeah, the one character that I talk about, my favorite character in the film, which is just the <laughs> just the sergeant, it, uh, the general Tracy who walks in, who walks yep. in at some point. You never even see the guy's face. You just see him from chest down. He walks, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. I just love that character. I love him. Yeah. He's my favorite character in the film. He he's on the film. He's in the film for like two minutes. And every Not time he's on that. there, I'm like, I love that guy. <laughs> and, and it's it's the fact that even that guy is perfect. Yeah. And and there's there's nothing in this movie that that fails. They're so. Oh, I'm trying to remember the quote about uh, a director who Roger Ebert used the quote a lot um, about a, somebody asked a, a famous director what a great what constituted a great movie. Mm-hmm. And their response was three great scenes and no bad ones. Nice. That's mm-hmm. a great movie. All you got to have is three great scenes and no bad ones. Mm-hmm. And Lawrence <laughs> Arabia, no bad scenes, 
way more than three great. Moments. <laughs> way more than three great. There, there are so many. Oh. There are so many moments in the movie you go, that's history. That is cinema history. That is a gem yep. right there. And yep. then ten mm-hmm. minutes later, oh, that's another one. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, you know, we. Uh, I, I, I feel at this point I need to thank Jenna for allowing us to do this. <laughs> yes. Uh, you're welcome that I'm ignorant. I don't... <laughs> I'm glad I could be stupid on your behalf. Yay! Yay. We have, uh, you know, at some point we ought to be telling people what we're showing next, but we never decided until after we record, so... Yeah. Uh, next time, we will... You, force... you know what? We could do that with the website. Oh, oh my God! Crazy. That's insane. Oh, yeah. We'll do don't... that on the website. So next time, we will... There's teach... going to be such a time lag between actually... <laughs> By the time you're posted. hearing this, you probably already know that the website exists, yes. even though it's not. Yes. It's in pieces right now. But <laughs> you, by the time you hear this, you will have been on the website for three months. You, and you'll listener, like, know more than we do right now. Peering this behind, is amazing. Peering behind the curtain, this is episode four, but we don't have a website. <laughs> we have a website. And it could be up we months have, from now. We, <laughs> we, we have a website. It's in complete disarray. It's like how you have an empty room, and then you have, like... A can of paint over here and you've kind of painted part of one wall but you're kind of matching it with this other one over here and then there's some um, temporary shelves made of cinder blocks oh yeah, and temporary boards shelves. yes um yes. yeah mm-hmm. but they're, they're, it exists <laughs> and by the, the time logo's on it by the time people hear this podcast it's going to be beautiful it will have existed oh, for lovely. at least four weeks at least four yes. weeks at least four weeks so uh <laughs> thank you for listening next time we will i guarantee you watch another movie <laughs> Yay! Yay! <laughs> Promises we can keep. We hope you enjoyed our film fixation. We'll see you next time on A Real Education. Join us next time when we'll be watching The Road Warrior.